Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Formula for Success. I'm David Colthard and again, virtually alongside me is Eddie Jordan. Oh, David, I'm going to have to find a new growl because I'm getting <laughs> bored of it myself. So God almighty, what must the anchors out there be thinking? Well, EJ, you've been growling like that as long as I've known you. And before that too, I'm a lot older than you, DC, so... I, I, know, I know that, you don't need to tell me. Anyway... We have a lot to get through today. Lots of conversation. These last couple of weeks have been incredible. Lots of news flowing out. There has indeed. But I'm going to get into something which I know is close to your heart, actually. And I know that a number of the, the listeners have brought it to our attention as well, that we're going to discuss the fact that there's no rookies on the grid for the upcoming season. And this is the first time in F1 history there'll be zero rookies on the grid. Now, in your time, you were always a big supporter of young drivers. Uh, you you know, gave Michael Schumacher his first crack, Alex Zanardi, Rubens Barrichello, Eddie Irvine, to name but a few. Now, was that because they were cheap? Or was it because you really believed that in discovering a great talent, you get some results, and then you could then sell them. So it was part of your business revenue stream. You must have been reading my business plan for all time, because that's exactly what happened. Except one slight error there, you said because they were cheap. No, they always had to bring money, so they were an income stream. Um, but then part of their salary, maybe 50% of what they brought, they were entitled to get it back as a salary. So it's, it's probably no different to Checo. Checo brings from Carlos Slim uh, uh, lots of money, and indeed from the Mexicans, uh, for which a good chunk of that goes back to him in terms of repayment and his remuneration. So um, I think that hasn't really changed. Um, partly, I enjoyed the young drivers, you know, Michael Schumacher and his brother Ralph, they were there. And even when you go back right to the beginning, 1982, I was so fortunate to give um, Senna his first ever drive in Formula 3. Uh, I'll never forget that because I got such a buzz out of it. And I think um, if it's like a young baby being brought into the family and you want to see it grow and you want to see where they're going to go to. And in my case, I was lucky enough to be able to sell them off one way or another to, to Ferrari because they were the best players in the world. So I'll always be indebted. People used to ask me, what about you? what was your biggest sponsor? And I always say Ferrari because I probably got more money out of them than I did out of any other single sponsor in my time. But anyway, back to the rookies. I am so upset. Honestly, I cannot tell you how upsetting this is. And I really blame the 10 teams. It's scandalous. The vision, the foresight is negative. I think all of the big teams, all of the smaller teams, shame on those teams for not making it their business to give young 
blood, young talent, and us in the media, something that we can grasp on and see who is the best rookie of the year. Who is the best? Well, you can't say that this year. It's just wrong. Well, I'm glad to see that you're, you're sitting on the fence as always on this one. So, um, yeah, <laughs> like, well, the obvious question then is who would be coming in and who should be going out? Uh, you know, who hasn't performed? Well, just to be blunt, um, Logan Sargent didn't really perform last year. Uh, been given a second chance. That's true. So let's, you know, I wish him well. I think he's, you know, he's a lovely person, but this isn't show friends. This is show points. So let's see how he goes. Checo got the uh, second in the drivers' championship, but was still quite a, a step away from Max. But he's he's a race winner and he's a safe pair of hands. Um, Mercedes, we know they both performed. McLaren, both drivers, Lando, Oscar performed. Haas, Nico, and Kevin. Difficult to sort of judge where they are. Um, I think they're both, uh, you know, very fast drivers, but I can't imagine they'll both be with the team going into 25. So who's going to pop out there? Uh, Ferrari, we know that uh, Carlos will be popping out. Lance Stroll, Aston, he didn't perform, did he, relative to Fernando? The Alpine guys, Esteban and Pierre, they were both pretty nip and tuck. Daniel, He's got to be the biggest personality in the paddock. But at 34, I think he's got to be doing more uh, relative to Yuki. I think he needs to be blowing Yuki away, quite frankly, because, you know, do we honestly think Yuki is a, a future Max or a future Lewis or a future whoever your favorite driver is? And, um, uh, you know, Alpha, which are now renamed back to Sauber, you've got Valtteri and Joe. Valtteri, I think, is you know very quick over a single lap. He struggled relative to, to Lewis over Grand Prix. Uh, Joe has been there or thereabouts with him, so definitely there on merit. So anyway, I've run through the whole grid there pretty much. Uh, who, who do you think should be out and who would you put in? Uh, one of the people that I would really be eyeing up uh, would be Liam Lawson. I think he did a great job last year. I agree. Um, there's a young name that people probably aren't really aware of. Uh, he's Brazilian. God knows we do need a Brazilian back in, in Formula One. And the interesting thing, he's also Italian. So Italian, Brazilian, we have no Italian driver. So it makes all sorts of sense. Uh, and that's a Felipe Djokovic. And um, so... You know, he's been around. When you consider what he did, he's won the Formula 2 championship by an absolute mile and, and even a bigger gap than what Oscar did. And so therefore, I'm absolutely certain. He'd probably be my number one choice because Brazil, apart from anything else, it's a great commercial market. We've seen what happened with PK and with Senna and Emerson Fittipaldi and the great champions that they've been able to produce. There's a big history in Brazil. And I can't believe there hasn't been a potential world champion. We've seen Massa and of course we've seen Barrichello. The place was swamped at one stage by absolute brilliance. And to think that they have no one at the moment, that's who I would be going for because I think it's a country that needs a Formula One driver and I think the people there would get behind them. So I think there would be a budget available and uh, who knows, in time, I'd probably try and sell them off to Ferrari. Yeah, I think Drogovic is uh, definitely uh, a great talent who deserves a crack at it and agree with you with Liam Lawson. I, I personally would have stuck him in um, the Alpha Tauri or the Racing Bulls, as it's now called. Uh, that, that team's had a few different names, hasn't it? It was Minardi from 85 to 2005. Then it was Toro Rosso, 2006 to 2019. Then it was Alpha Tauri from 20 to 23. And now it's 
uh, Racing Bull Formula One team. What do you think of that, EJ, the, the, the sort of morphing of names? Is it just purely commercial? You, you know, when I think, I just wish it was still um, Toro Rosso because I, I'll never forget when they won that Grand Prix and uh, I think it was Monta with Vettel. Uh, it put them on a different level. And I'm thinking, just reflect the great drivers that have come from there. Toro Rosso, for me, was the greatest kindergarten alongside Jordan in many respects for giving young drivers their chance and letting them fly, grow their wings, learn to fly and move on to the next level. And that's what I enjoyed. And I actually think, when I remember talking to Franz Toast, who used to work for Jordan, and I have the height of respect for this guy. And um, he used to tell me what enjoyment he used to get to see these young drivers coming up through the ranks and then moving on to Red Bull full team. And we saw what happened, uh, obviously, with Max. Uh, we saw what happened with Vettel. You just add the number of world championships those two in themselves have won. So they've come from that team. I think it's disturbing that there are no rookies. It's also disturbing that there isn't more than 10 teams uh, because I think with more than 10 teams, you would have an ability perhaps to have a young girl potentially in Formula One, which would be brilliant and amazing. In fact, that's what I would dearly, dearly love to see. Um, and, and then these up and coming kids that are deserve a chance. Why, David, this is what I want to ask you. You're spending fortunes of your money on dating to do karting. And the bottleneck that is currently now in Formula One, no matter how talented he is, the bottleneck is destructive. It's giving you no chance to give you a return on your money invested. Yeah, look, I think that sport and, and youth is a, is a great discipline. It gives them focus and hunger and they learn that it, you you don't win them all. You've got to, you've got to learn from your mistakes and and uh, grow in that respect. So, you know, I'm just seeing it as part of the education system. And if Dayton uh, applies himself, he's certainly got speed and he's certainly brave. Uh, but if he applies himself through this sort of transitional phase from boy to man, then I, I will, of course, continue to support him into, into cars and we'll see how far he can go. But uh, yeah, there's thousands of young boys and girls that want to be Formula One drivers and there's only 20. And had Andretti been allowed an entry, then that would be 22. And then maybe reserve drivers and all the other thing that, that also helps with. So I hadn't fully appreciated that the Andretti machine was already working on wind tunnel models. They've got 100 people employed. Uh, and is this just pure numbers at play? Is this Formula One going, we don't want to cut up the pie between the teams and ourselves, and therefore we're just going to keep the status quo because there's no other reason the FIA had agreed, no? In my day, I started my first race in 1991. There was 39 cars waiting to try and qualify for 24 slots on the grid. I should remind our listeners that there is already a provision for 24 on the grid. Not 22, not 20, 24. So there is an allocation at the moment and for the, for the people, and for Liberty to come out and say, despite the fact that the FIA had said that they've passed all of the criteria, to say that they hadn't got their ducks in a row and they didn't have the final, when they had General Motors... They already had engines coming from uh, Renault for the short term to get them over the passage with a name like Andretti, with the possibility of 
people being employed. They will employ maybe seven or 800 people. Think about what the income, what that does. You know, it generates more value. It's, it's in the backyard of where we're all trying to achieve greatness, and that is in America. It's drive to survive. It's natural that somebody like Andretti, it's a privilege for us guys to have somebody like Michael Andretti and his father, Mario, a world champion. I think it's scandalous that these teams, even though... Liberty say the teams didn't have an, an effect on this. That's nonsense. Of course they have. They made it very clear that it's closed shop. It's us 10. Forget everyone else. It's a franchise. So is there any way out of this for Andretti? Are they going to go through an appeal process or is it just simply... Look, the teams aren't stupid. I just give you for the benefit of the doubt of the people at home. Bernie was incredibly fair about this because he allowed other teams to come and go as they want. And I should just remind you that just for example, I think I wrote down, just as we were going to say this, one or two names that I think, you know, we may not have... There's Lamborghini, Prost, Liget, Zaxpeed, Honda, Suzuki, Toyota, BMW. Great names. They're not there anymore, but they were given the chance. But they're not there. So by normal deduction... There should be a flow in and a flow out. If you look at a premiership, three go down, three go up. It's a normal competitive fact. To think that the 10 teams in there can dictate to the world that it's us and us only is fundamentally wrong and flies in the face of anyone that is fair and reasonable, David. Yeah, no, no, we, we, I get that. And you've been very clear on that. But for the benefit of our listeners... What what can be the process when they go through this appeal? And ultimately, is it not a private members club anyway? So if if F1 continues to say, no, we don't accept another entry, is that not just the beginning and end of it? Where, where does this go? Well, you've got conflict here, haven't you? You you tell me, who who is the deciding law? Is it the FIA or is it F1? I mean, to be honest, you're an ambassador for F1, so it's probably unfair for me to ask you that question. So maybe you'd be best not to answer and I'll answer it myself. <coughs> and that is that FIA for me was always the people in the end of the day, they have a elected process of who is the president, who does this and who does that. So I can promise you that the FIA would have given this great thought, great understanding, and in the interest of the sport, they decided that, that there should and could be a position for Andretti. For Liberty or for F1 or FOM, call them what you like, to come out and then say they do not meet the criteria. They do not believe that the 200 million that they would have had to uh, put into some form of escrow um, was sufficient and they couldn't prove that. Honestly, David, that's nonsense. The Andrettis could have, in my opinion, do anything. I, I, Formula One needs the Andretti name. It's a fantastic name. So he's a friend of yours. He's a friend of mine. I, I am so sad that they've excluded him. I'm really sad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think we should move on, EJ, to some of our anchor questions. So I'm going to start with Bronze Floor. And this is one for you. Um, what was Jordan Grand Prix's most expensive crash? Now, I, was it Andrea De Cesaris at Silverstone under the bridge? Because I'm pretty sure you did every part of the car and the chassis in that crash. The biggest crash that I ever saw in a Jordan car was Martin Brundle in Melbourne. And under the new rules, of course, he would not have been allowed because he ran all the way back and got into the spare car when there were spare cars, and he crashed that then again, as far as I can remember. But that was massive. I promise you, if ever you wanted a skip and you just forgot the parts, you just rolled everything into the skip and brought it to the nearest dump that you could get, that's what happened. There was just nothing left. What about Rubens's crash in Imola? That was massive. He should have died in that. I God, that was the luckiest crash of all time because that was horrific. But it was nowhere near as much damage as Takumo Sato did because every time he sat in the car, he, he wiped <laughs> wheels off left, right and centre. And let's be clear, we didn't mention that. Sonoda is in the team he's in because Toro Rosso, or call them what you want, Red Bull as a family, they need to keep Honda happy. And that is a Honda request. I can promise you that's the way it is because that's what happened. They they wanted rid of uh, Frenson out of my team, even though he was a multiple Grand Prix winner with us and he was brilliant. And yet the powers that Honda put on me was that they wanted Sato in the car because they needed to have a Japanese driver. It was their prerogative, and I understood it, and I took a decision. With the money, what the engine was going to cost was about 18 million, and I'm saying to myself, is Frenson worth 18 million? And the answer clearly was no. So it was it was game over. I mean, Sato came to the team, Frenson said goodbye, and but he was an outstanding driver. Heinz Harald Frenson, we mustn't ever forget him. We don't talk enough about him on this program, but what a talent he was. Yeah, brilliantly fast racing driver, part of the Mercedes Young Driver Programme, along with uh, Carl Venlinger and Michael Schumacher, of course, in sports cars before they all made their way to Formula One. Um, right, here we have one from um, Daisy M. And her question is, uh, what is our favourite point system? 10 points for a win or 25 points for a win? Well, I, I would say that 10 Six five four three two one whatever whatever it was because that's what I grew up with. But in the end, does it really matter what what how many points you get as long as it's clear for everybody and it's always the same? I disagree. I absolutely agree with your first part. Uh, the ten uh, six four three two one whatever it was was so much better. Um, I think when we had Ralph Schumacher on, I remember saying to him, Ralph. Your history, you're out if you don't score a point. And to finish in sixth place when you're starting at the back of the grid was a tall order. So he got the message. Whereas if it had been now, you'd be saying to him, see what you can do. Ralph, just stroke it along and see, can you get it into the top 10? Whereas the top six, it's a massive, 
It's a massive ask. You know, David, when you finished a race and you scored points, you felt elated. You felt you'd achieved something. You were giving something to the team because those points were money. And without money, you cannot survive in any business, but certainly not in motor racing. So the point is that I think they took something away from us. I think it's like somebody removing their trousers and I left them in their underpants. It's, it's a nothing. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. And it just, it, 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 it's wrong. It should be what we all grew up with. The, the, the previous point system was so worthy and, and you felt so good about achieving it. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the points do go down a lot further than they used to. And um, we've got one here from Barry Rabbit, um, which sounds like a made-up name, but anyway, sorry, Barry, if it's not. Just not familiar with Rabbit as a surname. Um, he's asking about Ireland's Alex Dunn. Now, Alex had already won uh, the British Formula 4 Championship in 2022. He was uh, runner-up as rookie in the GB3 Championship last year. He's an 18-year-old. Um, who will represent MP Motorsport in Formula 3 this year. Now, he's from a place called Offaly, next to Tullamore. I don't know where that is in Ireland. Have you heard of Offaly, near Tullamore? Offaly is the county, my good boy. Oh, okay. So other great people from that is Shane Lowry, who won, if you like, the Ryder Cup for Ireland this year, where we all sang, instead of singing Zombie, 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 we all sang Lowry, Lowry, Lowry. So um, that's a little bit of nothing for folks out there. <laughs> so, yes, Offaly is a great county. It's right in the centre of Ireland. But as we call them, they are, they are Dublin boys like me. We call them culties, and um, they're people from the country. So it's a kind of a semi-derogatory word, but it's not so bad that we have to take it out of our programme. Um, it's just one of those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A bit of banter. It's banter, isn't it? So uh, will you be watching out for him? Will you, you keep an eye on him? Would you give any advice to him? Oh, absolutely. I've already been aware of him. Um, I'm, I won't say I'm being bombarded, but I have been made very well aware of his success and what he's done. But it comes back to the same situation. I want this guy to do so well, and I need him to move up to the next series. But, you know, I would say Ireland the way it is and it was, I think finance will be limited uh, in terms of what... Lando Norris's dad was able to do what every other some of the other dads were able to do, and you know we, we know even Lewis Anthony Hamilton went out and had three jobs to make sure that Lewis kept his karting season alive, and he got very lucky that Ron Dennis took took him under his wing. So I applaud Ron, I applaud Anthony because Lewis wouldn't be where he is without them. So who knows what's going to happen with Alex Dunn? Um, because maybe the fairy godmother may come and just with the, with the wand just create some millions of pounds because that's what it's going to need to get to the top. And even then, we've just discussed it with your your son and your situation. How difficult is it going to be with no rookies? How is it going to be possible to get into Formula One? David, it's a real big ask, and I think it's a bottleneck that needs to be addressed, and the FIA has to look at it. Yeah, you know, it's certainly an expensive journey, F4, F3, F2. Um, you've, some people choose not to do Formula 2 at all if they've got momentum. It's worked very well for Max and, and various others. It is, a it is a tricky one, but I wish, I wish Alex all the very best. You have to be amazing talent. You know, there's been very few that's been able to do that. And PK comes to mind. Alan Prost comes to mind. Um, you, you talk about Max comes to mind. You know, to skip and to go from the Formula 3 or that kind of an, uh, straight to Formula 1. Uh, Senna did it, of course. So you need to be super, super talented. Um, and when you go through one ladder over another ladder and then another ladder, um, 
you know, there's always going to be somebody who's just that little bit quicker than you. And my advice, just like what you've said, David, make the jump without having to do Formula 2 because it's a very expensive championship. A lot of the drivers in there are very experienced. They've been to the tracks before. They know the cars and the teams. And it's going to be really difficult to, to knock them off their perch. So avoid it if you can. Try and make the jump straight into Formula 1. Yeah, well, we'll watch his progress in Formula 3 this year. Um, anything else? In, a bee in your bonnet? Um, a little flea in your, your goatee beard, EJ? Is there anything that <laughs> uh, you'd like to share with the anchors? I haven't witnessed a preseason as lively or as interesting since the Christmas unfolded, Good the Christmas point, New yeah. Year. Good Lord, it was all on top of us. And I think that's even before cars are launched I and mean, who knows what's going to unfold. And we, we, we know about this, that and the other. And, and I think we're all pretty much subdued to say uh, on, on certain issues, which I, I, I prefer not to talk about. And obviously, you know clearly what we're talking about here. But um, no idea what you're talking about. I think what the, we have now had the foundation and a springboard to be so excited about the forthcoming season. Formula One has sort of evolved into something massive. Uh, the B in the bonnet I have, there's 24 races, is four races, at least too many. And I just, I would like to sit down and I'd love to get on our podcast. I'd love to get down um, Greg or... or you know, John Malone, who's the owner of the jump, what is it that's in their mind? What are they trying to achieve? What is the long-term progress? Sooner or later, they're going to have to sell it to make a profit, which they will do. They've made an unbelievable imprint uh, on the light of their, their commercial nows because what they've achieved is brilliant. Um, and um, I'd just like to get them on the podcast. if we could, Because you're the ambassador, David. Could you ask them to come and chat with us and tell them I'll go easy on them? <laughs> <laughs> I can ask. I'll definitely do that for you. <laughs> I think we can preempt what that word is going to be, the reply. <laughs> Indeed. No, I, I agree with you. It's been it's been quite a quite an exciting and uh uh, sort of turbulent waters, if you like, and shocking. And there's been all sorts of, it's almost like Netflix are writing the pre-season now as well as what actually happens during the year. So hopefully it sets us up for a great season of Formula One racing. Not long now until we will be back out on track. So I think that's, we should uh, wrap it up there, EJ, and say that's uh, all for today. And thank you for listening to Formula for Success. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to them. And if you would like to support us further, then share it with others and leave us a rating and review, uh, especially if it's negative about EJ. I love those ones. Oh, David. Uh, and you can follow us on social media with the handle at F1 for success. Thanks again, EJ. You know I love you. Can I growl one more time? Of course. Ah, that's just for you, David. God, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good growl, wasn't it? Yeah. You nutter, you. Cheers, anchors. Bye-bye. And appreciate every one of you who listen into this program. We so much enjoy your company.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.